in conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Round Peg, where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball. And Ann Waddington. And today, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Yay! So, unfortunately, Peyton did not take home another Lombardi trophy, but... There were still some good aspects to the game. The commercials were really interesting. They were really different. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Well, I think that this was definitely the Super Bowl of nice. Um, It probably wasn't very nice for Peyton. And yes, you know, the show was recorded in Indiana. And yes, he, he did go to Denver, but he's still our Peyton. Yeah, I don't think... Anyone can root against him, but boy, was it hard to cheer for them when they were playing so, so poorly. But somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. Same goes for the commercials. There were winners and there were losers. Okay, so let's start with your personal favorite. What ads did you really like? Okay, my personal best, my top picks, best dressed of Super Bowl 2014 are the Coca-Cola, America's Beautiful commercial. Loved that. That was adorable. So sweet. So nice. So just multicultural and bringing everyone together. And my other favorite was the, of course, Esurance commercial with John Krasinski, because I have a personal crush on him. I thought it was clever. I liked that it was after the game. It got everyone's attention. It blew up on social media. I thought... I thought it was good. It was good marketing. All right, so before we talk about some of my favorites, let's dive into kind of take a closer look at the two that you really liked because I think in both instances, those were brands that did a lot of good work on social media. So the Coke ad was great. It was, I thought it was great. And again, it was the year of touchy-feely, sentimental, let's pull at your heartstrings. But I thought they did it in a really nice way. It brought everyone together. It didn't just play to one specific group of people. And I thought they did a really great job on their Twitter account, responding to people and using their hashtag well and making sure they really reached out to everyone that was tweeting to them. They came with a game plan and they executed it flawlessly. So... To some extent, the ad was very reminiscent of some of the old Coke commercials, which are probably way before your time. But the whole, um, I'd like to buy the world a Coke, you know, and and hold everybody in in my arms. And it was that very universal Coke feel. Um, But I think they, they did a really nice job because they didn't make the commercial about Coke. Other than the logo, there was... Nothing in that ad that was about the product. But, and that's, you know, if you plan it the right way, you can get away with that. If you plan it the wrong way, people aren't going to remember it at all. And that, I think, was what a few of the commercials ran into because they became so obscure or just so wrong that people were turned off by them didn't understand it, and didn't care to remember it. I think, for the most part, I think the car commercials really made that mistake. Most of the car ads, some were funny, some were cute, some were weird, but when they were over, I didn't remember which car they were talking about. No. No. And the 
the ones that were really bad were the ones that I remembered, and it didn't necessarily make me want to go out and buy a new car, not that I can, but <laughs> it, it just made me really confused, and I don't think that's how you want to leave viewers on a commercial that you have paid $4 million for for 30 seconds. You want people to be remembering your brand, product, whatever it is, for the right reasons and not to be sitting on the couch, whether you're intoxicated or not intoxicated, but just totally oblivious to the whole point of the commercial. And then that's going to translate on social media. People are going to be confused and they're going to voice it on Facebook, on Twitter, any way that they can. And other people are going to comment about that too. I think the other thing is that most most companies use the Super Bowl to introduce an ad, but then they carry it through. Now, the, the insurance one, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that one has a very specific timeline. But the vast majority of these ads, these, these advertisers are hoping that they can run them again. And when they do and they show them on television, people will be like, oh, yeah, I saw that during the Super Bowl, and there's that continuity. That Coke ad will play in a shorter form. People will remember it. Those car ads, they I don't care how many times they run them, I am not going to get why the guy from the Matrix was hanging out with the Muppets in a car that was clearly too small for him. That and Maserati's commercial, I am not a car guru. I don't know a lot about cars. I like my car, but... I'm not, you know, big on Lamborghinis and Ferraris, and I'm not an expert by any means. But when you talk about a car that's extremely expensive, and then you change the tone of the commercial to be about how this luxurious, expensive, lustworthy car is going to come up from the ashes and beat the bullies and, you know, be the underdog... It doesn't make sense because your product isn't for underdogs. It's for people that are very successful and have that money and have the income to spend on this car. It's not anyone that's kind of coming up from, you know, the bottom of the barrel and is trying to make a name for their, themselves. It just, it made no sense. Well, and Jenna really nailed it. Anyone who could afford a Maserati was probably at the game. Absolutely. They already have one. They don't need one. They don't look at themselves as rising from the ashes in their Maserati. They're showing off that they have a lot of money. It was terrible. So a couple of quick lessons. The first one is... Um, when you're thinking about it, and most small businesses are not going to be running $4 million commercials, but when you're thinking about marketing and advertising, hiring a spokesperson, creating something that's an extension of your brand, make sure that the visuals make sense. Make sure that you're identifying with products and other things that people somehow can rationalize and go, oh, that sort of fits. Absolutely. And I think it also shows that you need to talk to your customer. You need to know who your customers are and make your marketing personal to them. Because Maserati, I'm sorry, you're talking to a 1% type of group. You're not talking to everyone in America. And that's what you tried to do. And it was wrong. It was, it was wrong. Okay, so um, the let's do the ad at the end of the Super Bowl, and then I want to talk about some of the wrongs. So 
the game is over, and they ran a risk because a lot of people, by the time the game, well, by the time the game was almost over, I had given up, and I had turned the TV off. We had actually been at a party. We came home, and I was trying to watch it for the last few ads, but I was done. So running it in that time slot after the game was less expensive, but they got noticed. Yeah, what Esherins did, yes, it was risky being at the end of the game, but they they almost did like contest marketing where they tied in their social media and social media in general with this giveaway that if you didn't watch this commercial, you wouldn't know what they were talking about until the next day. But they incorporated their hashtag eSurance save was it save thirty? Mm-hmm. And if you tweeted this, you had a chance to win. I think it's like one point one five million dollars. So who isn't going to do that? I mean, I did. I didn't care. I was like, well, why not? Why wouldn't you? It could be me. It probably won't be, but you know, I'll take my chances. And it blew up Twitter. My entire Twitter timeline was just hashtag insurance or yeah insurance save 30 insurance save 30 i could not scroll fast enough to not see that hashtag and it worked their twitter account blew up they got more followers i'm sure john krasinski just extended his contract for another two years with them so but now here's the uh, question on that though did they respond because that was one of the things i think that coke did really well when their ad ran, people were like, oh, Coke is beautiful, the world is beautiful, that was so nice, Coke. And they were prepared for the onslaught, and they were very responsive. How did eSurance do? eSurance had to respond to some negative tweets, and Lorraine, you actually brought up this, um, this saying that I guess I hadn't thought of, but their Twitter uh, hashtag became hijacked, so they got hashtag hijacked. Say that five times fast. Twitter jacked. Yeah. And people just started tweeting the most bizarre and irrational and kind of offensive, actually really offensive things with that hashtag just so that they would get noticed and people would see these horrible things that they were tweeting. So most of Esurance's response were towards these people that had tweeted negative things, which you have to do. You cannot just let those things live out in cyberspace and not respond. But it was unfortunate that people did hijack their hashtag and start tweeting really bizarre, strange things. But he sure entangled it well. And I think that had that not happened, it would have been okay. People would have really... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um... They really would have embraced it a lot more, but then people started seeing all these negative tweets coming in with this hashtag, and they got really confused and kind of stayed away from it and backed off and were a little weirded out. So it's nothing's going to go as smoothly as you intended to, but could have been worse, could have been better. You don't own your brand. Once you send your brand out into cyberspace, cyberspace is going to take ownership. So... Once you put a tweet out there, once you put a comment out there, you have to be prepared for both. And again, I, I think they did it. I think they did it uh, as good a job as they could. I don't think they anticipated the hijacking, and they probably should have. But I think they handled it well. But let's talk about somebody else who I think they weren't advertising during the game, but they certainly became the focus of a lot of uh, Twitter conversations. Oh my goodness. And you segued into that perfectly because (laughs) as it is, 
when you send out a tweet, it's out there. People are going to read it, and if you think they're not going to, you're dumb. Someone will find it, and it will become viral, and it will. everyone will see it. And that's what happened with JCPenney. I don't know if you missed out on this. I'm sorry if you did, because it was hysterical. Um, JCPenney sent out a tweet before the Super Bowl with a photo of the Team USA mittens that they sell at their stores for the Olympics, and they said, we're ready for the big game no matter what the temperature, staying warm thanks to hashtag Team USA mittens, and they put a nice little photo. It was very cute. Now, here's the thing. We talked about this two uh, last week, we talked about expiration dates. Yes. They had planned out this mitten campaign weeks in advance, which is wonderful, except then the temperature didn't hit. And, and they hung on to that, which was a bad thing, but that's really not where their downfall came. No. So you see that nice little tweet with the mittens. Cute. About an hour, maybe 30 minutes later, all of these, well, two of these tweets came out from JCPenney's Twitter account that were completely indecipherable. I mean, it looked like someone was, was either really buzzed or they had given their phone to a toddler and they were doing the tweets for JCPenney. They made no sense. They had a bunch of typos. It, it was very bizarre. And people responded like crazy. I mean, companies, big corporations even responded to their tweets. Coors Light made a crack at them. It... I mean, it was the worst thing that could happen, and they handled it the completely wrong way. Now, I will tell you that I frequently tweet um, when I shouldn't from my phone without my glasses. And so when I saw the tweet, I handed it to my phone, and I said to my husband, I said, Look, hon, um, it looks like one of my tweets. (laughs) Now, that's okay from my personal account. Sure. But I will tell you um, that I get my hand slapped if I do that from the Round Peg account because it's your brand. It is a multi-million dollar business. It is a huge retailer. And you cannot make those kinds of mistakes. And the way that they handled it was just was so weird. I mean, they waited an hour after these tweets had gone out. And I'm sure their team was scrambling to think of some way to salvage this whole situation. So they came out with the response of the fact they were tweeting with mittens. And then they decided to make that a hashtag and attached it to their tweet with two gloved hands holding a phone that wasn't a real phone. It looked like a photoshopped phone. It just, it made no sense. They waited too long to respond. They came up with a terrible response to their tweets and then they continued to just it just made no sense they they didn't tweet anything after that I think they just their Twitter person I hope was fired and then this morning they're just tweeting people that they'd like to send them a pair of mittens so DM us for details and they're continuing this whole tweeting with mittens the Today Show made fun of them Good Morning America made fun of them I mean they're trying to embrace it, but it's it, it's not fun like, haha, that was cute. It's fun like, you're dumb, what were you doing? Yeah, it. The, this is a case of, number one, not being willing to flex when... And honestly, they had a couple of photos, so it's not like they had that much invested in the tweeting with mittens. Um, and if it was truly their campaign, they should have... They should have run with it. 
or this morning, let it go. Because every time they send another tweet out there with this, it just reinforces in everybody's mind. Social media um, blows up but has a short memory. You know, they people would have forgotten this morning if they hadn't continued it. It would have been believable if you had started your first tweet with the picture of the mitten saying, oh, we're going to, you know, hashtag tweet with mittens. But you didn't. You left that out. You came up with that as an excuse later on. I highly, highly doubt a trained social media specialist is going to tweet during the Super Bowl with mittens on and send out these tweets and think that people are going to understand the joke, because they're not. Well, and because unless you have those gloves with the really cool finger thingies, you can't! No. Word to the wise, if you are going to have someone tweet during event, or if you are going to tweet during event, just make sure you reread real quick through that tweet before you send it out. Make sure it makes sense, and make sure that it's appropriate. If you have any feeling in any part of your body that says, maybe I shouldn't do this, just don't do it. Don't do it. Well, and that's the other thing is that... um, You don't have to do everything live. We were having this conversation this morning on events that we have here. And you can mix it up. You can have a certain number of scheduled tweets as long as right before the event you read them and make sure nothing has changed. Um, But they could have had a lot of fun with that um, throughout the, uh, throughout the, the game. Two ads um, I want to just hit touch on real briefly that um, one that I liked and one that I think really missed the mark. I loved um, the Radio Shack ad because this was a brand that was willing to make fun of themselves. Um, and maybe I liked it because we make fun of ourselves. <laughs> and they did it in the right way. They made a joke and they put it out there and they said, hey... This is our brand. We get that this is what people think of us. We're going to show you, yeah, maybe we did it one time too, but we're back. We're new. We're something else. We can laugh at who we once were, but this is who we are now. Where JCPenney didn't make the joke about, hey, we're making fun of ourselves. We messed up. They never acknowledged that they messed up, so people didn't get the joke. People got the joke with Radio Shack. That's the smart way of marketing your business. The other one, and I know they spent a lot of money on it, and I really felt bad for them, and I, I don't remember the product, but here you've got Bruce Willis, and he the commercial starts with the comment, exciting game, isn't it? Now, it was a third quarter ad. They had planned this months in advance to run during the third quarter of what they expected to be an interesting game and not a blowout. I was so busy laughing at the first comment, I never really got anything else on the ad. I want to say it was a car commercial. I don't know if it was for Honda, Hyundai. I'm not entirely sure, but it was. Was it Honda? Was it was the guy? Was the other guy was wrapped was around him? It was the, Fred Armistead from SNL. He's no longer on SNL, but known for being on SNL, was hugging him, and it was just really awkward and weird, and it left you feeling kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> At least that's how I felt. I was like, why is Bruce Willis being, like, hugged slash spooned with Fred Armistead? It just, it made no sense. And it was weird. And sure, you remember it, but you remember it for the wrong reason. But I don't remember the product. Exactly. 
Exactly. It did everything wrong. You remember how weird and awkward and uncomfortable it was, but you don't remember what exactly they were pitching to you. And that's what you need to avoid when marketing your business or your brand. Oh, that's right. It was Honda safety. It was, it was protecting people. I don't, I don't think Bruce Willis comes with every Honda that you buy. So <laughs> you might need to change your, your marketing on that one. Just, just a thought, Honda. The other thing, and, and I, I, I know I started this, this podcast today talking about the fact that this was the year of the nice. Super Bowl is primarily, yes, it's a, a co-ed watching event, but it really is a guy thing. And for years you had all these frat boy humor commercials. I think they were so afraid of that this year. There was nothing that just everybody laughed. There were no... There were no big laughs. No, and I noticed that on social media. A lot of people were making comments and critiques about like, oh, that was really nice, that was really sweet, that was really heartwarming, or I didn't get that, that was weird, that didn't make any sense. But nobody was like, that was hilarious, that was so funny, that made me fall off my chair, I was laughing so hard. There was none of that, and it was very strange. I mean, I was laughing at Joe Namath's fur coat, but that wasn't... a a commercial. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't any commercial that really made me laugh and want to see it again and again and again. I think that's where they, I think that's where they, the advertisers were afraid of social media because they've been bashed in the past. But I also think they um, just really lost sight of who their audience is. Absolutely. I think they were really playing to women. 